I remember everybody looking at me like, what is he doing? If you do the easy things now, life will be hard. If you do the hard things now, life will be easy. You don't want to go the way that I went because that way is not the way that I think people should go. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Schooling Struggle Podcast. It is our belief that the only guarantee in life is that we are all going to struggle. And how we choose to embrace our struggles is what empowers us to become the best versions of ourselves. My name is Pete, coming to you from Vermont. And with me is my co-host, Todd, coming to you from Washington State. What is up, Todd? What's up, Peter? Long time no see, buddy. I know, good living. We were on vacation last week. My family of myself, my wife, and my daughter went to Maine. And we did this really cool dog sledding experience. Where we all got in the, uh, the the sled and the musher stood behind us and shouted the G's and the Ha's at the dogs Ooh. and they just came ripping through the woods on these um, snowpack trails and it was wild. It was so much fun. How yeah. do you find something like that? It was like something you always wanted to do, or you just stumbled across it. It was something that my wife has always wanted to do, and it's actually it's a crazy business out there. It's actually really hard to to, to get one, um, but because we were midweek, we were able to get a spot and uh yeah we did a one hour tour one hour and it was, it was a blast it was awesome do you feel bad for those dogs no they're born and bred to do that that's all they want to do is just is just run they're just they come just on wanna, let, me go. let me go yeah they get a, they get bent out of shape when they have to stop hmm. so yeah it was really cool and the day we went was uh three degrees and negative three with the wind chill and the musher was telling us that that's optimal conditions for the dogs so not only was the the trail packed with ice and fast but the dogs are just ripping to go yeah so we actually went twice as fast as a normal tour and uh it was a it was a blast that's cool yeah that's awesome yeah what's going on in the left coast um the left coast it's snowing again so that's cool uh well not down here but in the mountains so i'm thinking about going snowboarding this week hopefully um Finally got one of my cars out of the garage, so I fixed that. <laughs> Knocked that off my two-month-long to-do list. Today begins, um, in the United States anyways, National um, Eating Disorder Awareness Month, which I just learned about before I came here. So I always like to raise awareness of things of things of that nature. So I thought I'd throw that in there. But Oh, um, nice. Speaking of real-world stuff, the topic for tonight is something that we've touched upon a couple times in the past, lightly, but I want to perform a deeper dive and discussion on it this evening. And the focus of the conversation is going to be reacting versus responding. And I think I'd like to lead the conversation off by just kind of making mention to the fact that we as humans have things happen. And for the purpose of this conversation, we're going to refer to those things that happen as the stimulus. And the stimulus can be something that um, impacts us positively or impacts us in a negative manner. And when the stimulus happens, there's a portion of time between the stimulus and the action that we take following the stimulus. And we as humans will typically react or respond. And when you hear that or you think about reacting versus responding after a stimulus, what does that bring to your mind or what is it that you'd want to share with the people that listen to our lovely voices and how that impacts the way that you act or carry yourself following any type of stimulus. Reacting versus responding. This is one that I've um, played with for a couple of years. When I think about reaction versus responses, I uh, my mind goes to being younger. 
And a lot of the things that I did were a reaction to stimulus that was um, around me or in my environment or I felt pushed upon me, right? So so like, oh, I'm going to respond in this way that nobody's going to expect because I feel like I've been wronged in some way. And so it was when I think reaction, I think knee jerk, like something happens to me, I have to do something in response and it has to be swift and it has to be something that is um, that that my mind would think was appropriate or beyond appropriate, something that was that was outside of the norm of what people were expecting of me. So so funny that we talk about expectation, like all these things just kind of build on top of each other in our conversations. It's funny. Um, but but nowadays, when I think about reaction versus response, um, I can I can actually, uh, and again, through mindfulness, but all these other tools that I have, and I think it's not just that, but I think it's uh, maturity and just be, being older and seeing these patterns more often. It's a, typically a, like in my mind right now, I think of a reaction as something where um, like if I'm on my way to work or I'm driving down the street and I see somebody is in trouble or something is, um, you know, there's something going on that requires a swift response that I, you know, I have to pull in, I have to do something really fast. And then I can, I can think about like how that's going to go once I get there. So that that's a reaction, right? Like you know, if somebody's in an accident, I have to go react. I have to I have to run down the down the driveway. I have to go somewhere else. I have to interact in a way that might not be as thoughtful as a response. In my mind, a response is more something that's um, a little more thought about, a little more a little more intentional. I think like I, I have to plan it out. No, I have to plan it out, but it has it gets more thought before the action occurs, is what I like to think. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my difference between them. How about how about yours? Yeah, I think I come at it a little bit differently than you do in that, and maybe it's just the the words that I'm choosing to use with kind of categorizing how my action falls under. How about if we? How about if we? Uh, yeah, you tell me what you what reaction and response is in your definition, and maybe we can get a little. I don't know if that'll help. So, yeah. So for me, I don't know if the actual definition of reacting and responding would be super help would be super helpful with how I think about it but basically how I think about it is different from you in that I think of it a reaction as something that does not move the situation forward is not helpful and when I'm looking back on how I acted I'm not proud and I don't think that what I did was helpful and I think that's sounds to me it's a little bit different from you you were saying like if you're driving down the road and someone needed help you just jump out and help them without really thinking it through and it's funny because we have these people in our in our society they're called first responders right they're not first reactors but maybe because they're trained in that type of thing they are re- responding versus reacting so for me whether i think about it or not hmm. if it was a very positive productive action doesn't matter how well or not that i thought through that's a response whereas if it was not a positive action on my end that's a reaction. And I think any time that I were to stop and think something through before I were to take action, it leads me a lot closer to it being a response. I think very rarely have I stopped thinking about, all right, Pete, what's the best way to handle this? And acting on that and having that be a super negative action. Whereas if I just kind of go off the go off the handle without thinking about it, it's often typically a reaction. And in my certainly my teens and my 20s a negative stimulus would more often than not yield a reaction from me versus a response and now that i have this awareness of the difference between the two i try to 
recognize the stimulus, recognize that I can do something with that time immediately following the stimulus and think to myself, okay, Pete, this just happened. How can I respond? And that's been helpful for me. Now, kind of the next level for me is to spend a little bit of mental energy thinking about you can't predict every example or every scenario that you're going to face in your life. But generally speaking, how can I respond given certain situations? So like, I know my daughter's going to melt down in public at some point. How can I prepare myself to respond for that? It's inevitable that I'm going to get in a car accident between now and the day that I stop driving. How am I going to respond to that? It's inevitable that I might feel disrespected by a student. How can I respond to that? And starting as this may be just as I'm getting older, starting to recognize that I have the ability to respond versus react. And each time that I respond, but it gives me a little bit of confidence that if something comes my way in the future, that I will have the ability to respond. So I think by definition, Merriam-Webster would probably be more in agreement with what you said. A reaction might not be thought through, whereas a response is thought through. But in my world, in the way that I feel that I can operate best, a reaction does not move the people, the situation forward, whereas a response does. Would you say that there's an appropriate time for both? I think so. The easiest example for me to use is just parenting, is just with my daughter. Someone, always, someone once told me when I started teaching, always tell somebody why you're teaching them what you're teaching them. And so I try as a parent, as a teacher, as someone who interacts with other humans, explain to them why. Like, I'm going to tell my daughter, you know, why we don't hit the cat. Like, not just don't hit the cat, but this is the reason why we don't hit the cat. And if I react and raise my voice every now and again, the message that I'm trying to send will ring through to my daughter because I don't raise my voice very often. So that reaction in the moment will often yield the result that I'm trying to get in the moment. But if I'm going to say that my values are to live, love, learn, and lead, that often, that reaction that works really well in the moment is not really in line with my overarching goals or what I claim to be my values. And it's not forging a deeper bond with the person that I'm interacting with, in this case, my daughter. So in the long run, I don't know that a reaction is helpful if it's not in line with my values. So what I heard you say was if, if, if there's, if, so the situation you were, you were explaining, right, that's um, a reaction, let's say. So, you know, you might, um, as you were telling me, I, I thought to myself, you're punctuating the importance of the thing that you're trying to get across in that moment, regard, whether or not you're doing it appropriately or in line with your values, that this is what's happening, right? So in, in a case like that, do you feel that that punctuation, though, allows the recognition of the importance of that for her, right? Or, I mean, was that your intent or did you even have an intent? Or was it more just like, I just, I did, it was just like an e-jerk. Like I responded like, ah, oh, we don't hit the cat, right? But at the same time, it's like, because you, because you very rarely are, are boisterous in that way, is it that, oh, she's like, man, I better pay attention to this because this is something different. That, that's what I hope to have happen when I react like that. But I think reactions work very well often in the moment. You know, like if we, we have a coach or a boss that yells at us in the moment, they're getting what they want. Mm. But over the long term, is that the most effective approach? Yeah. And I think the most effective approach is a response. But in the moment, I think uh, reacting, it works. You know, like 
if she's running past a hot grill, I don't want her to trip and fall into a hot grill. Reacting in that moment is is a, is a safe thing to do. Yeah. But having the conversation with her about why we don't run out of control near hot grills is a response that might not need to happen in the, the heat of the moment. That's interesting when you said that. I remember a time when uh, we were all sitting around a campfire. My brother-in-law, um, he's a pretty he's a pretty big dude. We were sitting around the campfire, and the kid, you know, the kids tend to run around the fire. You know, they think it's fun, whatever we're camping, and you know, we keep telling them, "Don't run around the fire. You know, you're going to fall in the fire. We don't run around the fire." And uh, one of the kids ran really close to the fire, tripped on a rock, and almost went in. And he was able to move his mass to a, like at a speed that I couldn't imagine. Grabbed this kid and just plucked him out and threw him away from the fire. And was like, you know, and then responded, like, reacted like, "Yeah, we don't got that." But it's interesting because when I think about what I was talking about, like I'm going to pull over, there's a safety thing. Like that's the reaction in my mind. And I, I know what you're saying with the dissemination of, I, I do these things. I do the same thing with my family. Like I'll yell and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right. But um, yeah, that's very interesting to think about like how that works in what situations and how, how do we have an awareness around which one we're going to let? Because one just seems like it's natural and the other one seems like it's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm trying to work on, I don't even know if this is possible, but I actually do feel like I am moving the needle on this, is can responses become more natural? And we've all been around, mm. or I've been around very, very calm people that are just very peaceful to be around. And they don't get their feathers ruffled and they stay calm and they'll explain to the kid, hey, this is why we don't run by the hot grill. And they never have that, you know, that super elevated voice or heart rate. And that, that could be a response. But, um, the way I try to frame it in my mind is for myself, reaction tends to be a knee jerk negative action taken on my end that maybe in the heat of the moment is somewhat helpful, but over the course of time, doesn't help build the relationship, doesn't teach the lesson, you know, um, those type of things, whereas responses do. Well, now it makes me wonder how much time do you spend on like thinking about, those instances and when they arise, like how can I respond better versus how do I react? And actually a second is how do you keep an eye out for the one, the ones that are the reactions that then you would like to be responses instead? Probably more than is healthy, honestly. Like I think about that and it's not that I sit in the corner of the house and think, all right, if I get into a coxant, what am I going to do to respond? All right. If someone yells at me in the supermarket, what am I going to do to respond? It's no, it's more like, oh, this thing just happened. Ah. If this thing happens again, how can I equip myself to respond? That's good. Yeah, I was in the supermarket um, just last week, and here in New Hampshire and Vermont, there's still mask mandates everywhere, and I'm pretty diligent mask wearer. And I was in the store, and the lady in front of me was putting her groceries on the little conveyor belt, and I was, without question, more than six feet back from her. And she looked at me, and she goes, your mask is below your nose. <laughs> and I just, I looked at her and she was right. My, my, my mask had dropped below the tip of my nose. Your nose is showing. <laughs> and I pulled my mask up over my nose and didn't say a word. And she goes, excuse me, I'm just trying not to die over here. And it, it shook me a little bit more than I expected. And I actually never ended up saying a word to the lady. A huge piece of me wanted to put her in her place and a huge piece of me wanted to be very supportive of what she was saying and let her know that like I recognize that I made a mistake and that, that I was going to own it. But I like it just it it got me so quick that I just felt it would be best for me not to, to, to do or say anything. But on the ride home, I thought, okay, if somebody else 
were to treat me in this same manner, what what is a response? Hmm. And that's all, you know. So it's it's kind of taking examples from my life, learning from them, and trying to apply them down the road. That's cool. Good on you. That's a tough one, <laughs> especially these days. Everybody's and I will often I'll spend time at night or when I have quiet time combing through my day and thinking about all the interactions that I had with people in places that I could have been better. Yeah. You keep a journal? Yeah. Like at night? Do you write in your journal like what went on in the day? Uh, not about me. I keep one about my daughter. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I've been hearing and, and learning a little bit recently about the difference between people that take a transactional approach and people that take a transformational approach. And a transactional approach is just, at least in my opinion, it's just like the business, right? So if I walk up to you and I buy something from you, I give you money, you give me the thing. Maybe I'm buying an umbrella off the street from you or something in the city. That's a transactional interaction between you and I. I provided the money for you. You provided the product for me. Maybe I say thank you and I walk away, right? And we all have transactional people in our life. We all have transactional interactions. And, and, and that's perfectly normal, perfectly natural in our culture to have those and then we have people in our lives or interactions that are transformational, that make us or help us become better versions of ourselves. And that is one of my goals is I want to feel that I am a transformational person for other people so that someone doesn't walk away from interaction with me and go, eh, whatever. I want someone to walk away from an interaction with me and go, that dude just positively impacted my life. It may have been a little, but he positively impacted my life. Let me back up. As students, we can kind of comb through our, our our history of education and think of all the transactional teachers we had. You walked into the classroom, you sat down, they taught you the content, and you left. There wasn't anything more than that. But we've also had transformational people in our life. Maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a, a spouse that have really, really positively impacted who we are. And I believe that I'm more likely to be a transformational figure in other people's lives if I can figure out how to respond to stimulus, to stimuli rather than react. And that's important for me. And I think there's many things that I can do that I can aspire to try to do to be a transformational figure in my community. And responding instead of reacting is, is an integral part of that. Because we're all going to struggle. We're all going to have challenges. We're all going to have obstacles. It's how we respond to those things that make us who we are. Where did you find that? Um, Where did you come up with that on your own? No, I didn't. I wish. I wish. I Nothing Peter. that I say on this podcast. I've That's not true. Head. I've heard some golden, I've heard some golden <laughs> nuggets from Peter. The only, the only <laughs> thing I'm an expert on is myself, and I, I don't come up with much. Um, that could have... Uh, that could have been a Ben Bergeron. That could have been, I listened to several different podcasts. Yeah. Um, it, it could have been any one. It of, sounds like a Ben Bergeron. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. he, and he'll admit that he gets a lot of his stuff from other people too. Oh, that's usually how it works. He, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So ideas in equals well, we're just ideas regurgitating out. what we hear. Yeah. But that one struck with me, especially as a, a father and a, a teacher. I want to be transformational. Yeah. That's, but I want to be transformational to the point where, that person in the grocery store at the gas station gets something from me. Maybe they don't walk away going, wow, that guy just changed my life. But in some way, my day is a little bit better That's because I interacted with him. How do you, um, or do you, like, how do you gauge the efficacy of that? Just just by the feeling that you're like, I did that. I did that right. Like I could have been way worse at that. Yeah. Like, it's really difficult to, 
to gauge the efficacy of it. Yeah, but how would um, somebody know just, if, they, if they were doing that, right? Like, I think it's the golden rule. How would I want someone to treat me? You know, I think that's that's kind of the way it goes. But I will tell you that, you know, I've had students that I didn't think that I reached in any capacity mm-hmm. that I was completely transactional. And they'll reach out to me, maybe even years later, be like, hey, Mr. D, I remember when you said this, like it really, really positively impacted me. I was like, wow, like you never know. Like the power yeah. of our words is insane. You know, I had, an, I had a conversation with a student today and the what he shared with me, he'll never know the depth of how it, it, it could positively impact me. Um, and I'll try to explain it to him tomorrow when I go to school, but he won't really get the depth of how helpful it was for me that he shared what he shared with me. Do you feel and like, so I think, I think that's hard. Do you feel like, um, that follow-up step though, right? Cause I, <clears throat> that's kind of where I was headed is a lot of people, I don't want to bias it. So I'm just going to spin it like this. Most people won't go back and follow up like you, like you intend to do. Right. So that in and of itself is, is a different approach than maybe other people might take. Not that that's the way you should gauge it. Yeah. I keep in mind that when I, when I share a lot of this stuff, it's, it's what I'm striving to do. It's what my goal yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't lay in bed at night and go through every single interaction no. I have throughout the day, but I'll <laughs> breeze through my day in my mind and be like, oh man, where could I have been better? Yeah. Maybe, where could I maybe if better? you, maybe if you do go back before you go to sleep, you can get 100s more often than, um, than not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so huh. I think that's all kind of part of it. No, I think um, that's a huge part. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I, I put it on my window. Like I don't put many notes on my window, and that's what I'm going to look at all I saw the time. You, now. I thought you write something. And yeah, touch the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, am I successful with that? With some people, hopefully. With all people, definitely not. Yep. Where I where and how I measure that, I, I, I can't. Other than, yeah, using the golden rule kind of as my gauge. That's cool. Yeah. But I do think that the ability to respond overreacting is a really integral part of being the best versions of ourselves. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to do. do. It's like, and there's so many different ways to do it, I think. Like, so true. Like, so and where true. do you find the entry point? I, that, I think that's that has been the hardest part for me is like, how often, how long do you go on autopilot before you realize that you could be doing something completely different? And then you're like, I've wasted so many, you know, attempts or so many years of my life doing this other thing that make no positive impact whatsoever. I mean, we could make a really funny episode if you were to ask me to just start listing examples of times in my life that I've reacted. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, so many, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to think about what was the, um, like what's been the biggest reaction, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Or both ways. When I think about the most, you know, the people that I think are what I would deem as a high level peace of mind, people that I find to be very comfortable to be around, people that are really easy to interact with, often feel that those people are really, really proficient at responding. (laughs) That's good. I have a couple, not immediate, but I have a couple family members members that are that way, and they've been really inspirational for me. That's awesome. How about your buddy? Uh, your your <laughs> I can't remember what it was. The guy that My took the train to Connecticut. Yeah, the unoffendable. Is he that way? <laughs> Does he have like that that prowess? Yes. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and he listens to every single one of these episodes, and he um has no idea the level of the positive impact that he's helped me with. That's awesome. And just, and just 
just demonstrating that, like as kids. So we were pulling out of a. Oh, he was that way even when he was a kid. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Forever. I thought that was yeah. a learned thing. He's had this we were, forever. We were pulling out of a parking lot one time, and something happened. Though the car was stalling, and there was a, a semi tractor trailer truck coming at us that was going to t bone us on his side. And he just looks over at me and just starts laughing. I was like, "What are you laughing at?" And I turn and look at him, and I see this truck through the side window, like coming straight at us. He's like that, and I'm like, "Dude, you got to tell me about the, you know." Like he's just super calm, yeah, huh. super super calm. Wow, are his parents so, the same way? Where did he get yes, that? Yes, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the same way. Yeah. Interesting. And I was actually very, very tightly wound until I went to college and I was, um, and I knew him long before college. Plus it's hard for hanging out with me. That's how tightly wound I was. But I hung around with kids in college that were super, super low key. And um, that, that was really helpful for me. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So speaking of college, speaking of our past, I thought it'd be fun to ask you two questions. I'm going to Oh, I'm not allowed to ask two questions at once. All right, so I'm asking you the first question. No. Oh, well, I asked you two questions earlier, so we could bet the rules. Can you please give me an example or story from your life where you reacted and it did not go well and what you might have learned from that? Can you define reaction in this case? By your definition of reaction. Um, two things come to mind, but one story in specific, in particular, but it wasn't a reaction that I, it, I couldn't control that reaction. That's what was so crazy about it, right? So the situation was um, at work. I was working on this tool and I was supposed to get this tool working in software, piece of script or something. I remember my boss was there and there was, I don't know, maybe five or six people behind me. And I was sitting at this console in this server lab and you had, I had to put in these commands in this, um, in this command session and, and make this thing work. And I remember like the, the creeping feeling of anxiety and like I didn't know what I was doing so it's just very uncomfortable and I remember like thinking and re- reacting any way I could get out of that because I didn't I didn't understand what I what I was being asked to do and at the same time I was like I you know everybody's watching from behind you you know so you have like this burning feeling of people watching and what what happened was very strange I just started I defaulted to like the class clown or like cuz I'm the youngest and I was just like the the funny kid in my family and I remember everybody looking at me like, what is he doing? Like, why is that his response? And so that was my reaction. And what I learned from that was it's, it's actually, I learned one of the most interesting things of my entire life that day. It was that saying you don't know how to do something trumps looking like a jackass trying to get it done and then faltering to a point where other people, where it becomes awkward for everybody involved. So that, that would be mine. Clearly now I would have said, I don't know how to do this. Somebody else do it. But in that point in time, it was just so re- re- reactive. How old were you when that happened? I was probably uh, 22, maybe. Man, that is a lesson that I wish that I learned so much earlier. Man, that's a good, that's a great, great lesson. And I learned it way later than the, the age that you learned it. Yeah. But but I don't know if I learned awful. from it then. You know what I mean? Like, but I definitely felt, I definitely learned it, but I don't know if I like employed, I, I didn't work that into responses until X amount of years later with, I don't know. Hmm. Right? So yeah, very interesting. How about you? You got one or you got? Well, I, I was actually going to share a time when I reacted when it did not go well. And I will do that in a moment, okay. but this is the, the, a time that I responded um, it actually ties in really well with what you just shared. So I'm going to go with that one for right okay. now. And cause that's a question I'm going to ask you in a moment is a time that you responded in a positive way that moved the situation forward or was a productive use of your action. 
But the first time that I remember in my life actually responding to something in a in a positive way was when I was 16 years old. And up until that, if anybody called me out on anything, I would totally flip it on them. What do you make mean? Them feel, yeah. Make them feel bad about even questioning me <laughs> on this thing. Like, do what I could if it if it was big, borrow, and steal, lie to yep. make them feel bad about calling me. Like if I was not doing something on the soccer field or not doing something at work or whatever it was, if somebody said, you know, basically if they called me out on slacking, that I would come up with some cheesy excuse or just try to make them feel bad about asking. That's the way I handled it. 16 years old, the first job I ever had was, actually I think I was 15 that summer. Um, $5 an hour cash. I worked on a beach shoveling seaweed into the back of a pickup truck. And the guy who had the seaweed contract with the beach was also a contractor and he did um, carpentry. And we were working one day seaweed and he said, hey, I'm doing this job in town on this house. And if you want to make some extra money today, I'd love to have you come work with me. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. And basically what was happening was he was ripping the, the clapboards. If you don't know what that is, it's just the, the wooden shingles on the side of a house off and replacing them. So he was up on scaffolding, like two or three stories up with a hammer, ripping the the clapboards off the house. And the clapboards and the nails and everything are falling to the ground. And my job is to gather up all the debris, put it in a wheelbarrow and wheel it around. We were in the back of the house, wheel it around the side of the house to the front yard and into the dumpster that was in a driveway. And when I was 15 years old, I was very physically weak and very physically small. So to manage a wheelbarrow full of wood was like whatever two or three times my body weight and i just it was a it was a lot (laughs) it was a lot of rigorous physical work for me to do one lap with this wheelbarrow right so i'm doing everything i can and finally i realized like man like this is a lot of work but when i went around the front of the house he couldn't see me so i'd go around to the front of the house and take my time and unload the wood into the i wouldn't just dump I was supposed to wheel the wheelbarrow up into the dumpster because it was a low dumpster ground height with a ramp that went into it and dump it and then come back. And I would just kind of take the wood out one piece at a time and just kind of throw it in the dumpster. And this guy had a real short fuse. Speaking of of reacting, that's all I ever saw this guy do. I never once ever saw him respond. Turns out later he had a really bad reputation in town. I didn't know about this. So I don't know how long we're into the job, but I come around and he's looking at me up. I, I can picture it now still with like the sun behind him and like the silhouette of him up on the scaffolding. And he's like, Pete, why the F is it taking you so long? Why are you going so effing slow? And immediately through my mind went all of these things that I would normally say, like, you know, I'm doing my best. I, I twisted my ankle in a soccer game last weekend. Like just make up lies so people would feel bad about calling me out on stuff because that was often what I did. And I looked up at him and I go, you're right. I own it. I said, this is really hard for me. And when I go around front, I take time off because you can't see me and I'll work to be better for you. And he respected me so much after that, after just owning my shortcomings. And he ended up asking me to do a lot of other work and all sorts of stuff. And as a 15 year old, I made a ton of money that summer. If you think that's even possible at $5 an hour, that's how much I worked. (laughs) But um, that was a light bulb moment for me. Like, holy crap, this guy who's such an a-hole respects me so much because I was just honest with him. And from that point on, 
I was honest with people a lot more frequently than I ever had been. And it felt so good. So that was a response that I had uh, in my life. And that was the reason why I share that particular story is because um, it was a turning point in my life. And I recognized that I could garner the respect of others by admitting my shortcomings. And that's oftentimes if someone were to ask me, you know, what's a piece of advice you'd give to any kid, it would be that like to somehow build up the self-confidence to admit your shortcomings, own your baggage and be willing to admit it to people. And so that, that was a big one for me. $5 an hour. There's not enough hours in a day to make a lot of money at $5 an hour. I'm well, just saying. A lot, a lot of money when you're 16 yeah. in 1993 is yeah. 650 bucks, you know? Maybe, maybe he was so impressed that he was patting your paycheck. He's like, yeah, that guy, I'm going to give him an extra I, 100 I buy here. so many Wu-Tang albums with that <laughs> cash. <laughs> Oh, I owned my tapes or CDs. Every <laughs> album, everything. That would have been CDs, right? In 93, nothing would have come out. Nothing yeah. come out from Wu-Tang yet. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so that, that was wow. a time when I responded and it went well. What about yeah. for you? A time when you responded and it went well. You know, now that you told that story, I have, I have uh, one that's very similar actually, but um, a, bit, a bit different. I, it was just a couple years ago, maybe even a year ago, um, my kids drive me nuts with the amount of, I mean, just as a blanket statement, I don't even know how to articulate. I'm going to turn away from the microphone and laugh really, really yeah, hard. Yeah, right you now. go right ahead. Just hit the little mute. <laughs> I don't want my kids to be like I am. Like that's one of my th- my things, right? Like you don't want to go the way that I went because that way is not the way that I think people should go. And you know, as we have these conversations, I think to myself, I've learned a lot of things throughout I've been that make me a person that I am now that I I wouldn't be otherwise. So I'm. It's not to say that I'm not grateful for those things, but when I think about the difference between the way my wife operates in the world world and the way that I see myself operate in the world world. I think to myself, you should be more like your mother. <laughs> like, like you should listen to her more often than you should listen to me. So in that, wound up in that hairball of, of crazy expectations and just the way I am is at, when I see them do things that I know is a waste of their time, it, it just irritates me to no end. And I usually just swallow it and I don't say a lot. But with increasing frequency, the older I become and the older that they get, I realize that this is becoming habitual behavior on their point. And so I, I, I feel like it's partially my responsibility to just put an end to this, right? Or to somehow interact. And it I fail at this all the time. But one perfect example is the Xbox, right? So I work in Microsoft. Sometimes I get these top secret, you know, Xboxes and, you know, we bring them home and, you know, we play on them. And I, I'm like, oh, it's so cool, you know, that you guys can play this. So, you know, here, go play this thing, you know, and see what it's all about. Let me know if you find any bugs, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm partially an enabler for, for this, which is, which is kind of... <laughs> ridiculous and whatever i fail all over the place and this is just part of it but this is amazing yeah I love but, this. but here's what here's the thing since work from home like i've been watching the like the amount of data that i use you know on the internet like i have to track that because i have to pay more if i go over right and so at work i have huge payloads and files you know things i have to copy up and down and so it keeps taking keeps ticking up and so the last time that i updated the software for um my modem helpfully <laughs> in some ways uh xfinity put a thing on there that's what has like these personas so you can assi- assign devices to different personas and then you can limit those personas based on what you would like so you know my kids are not kids anymore but here i am managing how how they connect to the internet right so for for the xbox let's say for example 
And so it had gotten so bad that I was like, okay, if you're going to sit here for five hours, you obviously you have no throttle. So I'm taking this Xbox and I'm going to go put it in my room or put it in my car. Like I take it to work. I've, I've done all kinds of crazy things. But this one time I put it in my room and I was going on vacation or going away for the weekend or something. And I know enough about my youngest son, Ian, who is 18 now. He is is exactly like me. And so this is where it comes back back to, I don't want them to be like me. I know that like he'll go into my room and I grab things, just takes liberties like, oh, whatever, dad won't care, you know, knowing good, good, well that I'm going to care. So what I did was I, I swear I'll get, I'll get to the end of the story. I took the Xbox and I put it somewhere where clearly he knows where it's at. Right. And, and I like, I rigged it to a point where like, if he moved it, I would know like, oh, there's, there's a piece of string under it or, you know, something that I would know that it was toyed with. And I came home and I already knew in my mind, like when I got home, I was like, oh, it's definitely been like, there's no doubt in my mind. I didn't have to check the app for to see if it's been used or nothing. Like I already knew. So I get in there, lo and behold, it had been moved. Right. And so I, I almost went into a rage because I, I was just like all the expectation, all the time I'd put thinking into it, all the times I have told them, you know, like, don't like, don't go in here. You know, it's off limits, blah, blah, blah. And I stopped and I thought to myself, how is this going to change anything? Because it's always the same thing that you're expecting. And I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting to think that. And so I, w- I went ahead with it anyways. And I was like, you know what? I know you did it and you're not getting it back. Like it's gone. Like I almost took it out in the street and threw it like your loaf of bread. I was almost just like, I'm finished with this. Right. <laughs> and then I stopped myself and I came back round circle. And it's interesting. Cause I think I've told you this before too. What the point of awareness for me when I can see that space is when I have a, like I have a strong emotion. Like I can feel it like, Oh, that was wrong. But if you don't do anything about it, that's kind of the reaction. If you do something about it, that's where the response lies, right? For me. And so I went back in there and I get pretty emotional anyways when I'm dealing with just things that are meaningful to me. And so like I, you know, I start crying about it. I'm just like, look, I set you up for failure and there's no reason I should have done that. And I knew I had this expectation of you. I should have just told you ahead of time that, you know, whatever. We could have talked about it way before now. And now this has become something huge. And the look in his eyes was just like, really? Like, like you took the time to come in here and tell me this, even though you just put the hammer down on me and I totally screwed up. And I was just like, yeah, I shouldn't act in this way. Like this is ridiculous for me to act this way. And he was, he couldn't believe it. And, and we've had, you know, great conversations and laughter about, about Xbox, you know, and it still, it ticks me off from time to time, but now he knows there's that expectation or I don't know about expectation, but he knows that that thing is meaningful to me to a point where he won't habitually overstep it anymore. So that, you know, all that story to tell you, like, that's the response though, in the same manner that you, that I heard you say. So, yeah. Yeah. How easy would it have been to take the Xbox and go smash it in the road? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Or just keep up this. Thing. Yeah. Keep up this. That's it. It's the, it's the most difficult yeah. thing becomes the most rewarding thing in the end. That's, that's what I have found in my life. And if you're afraid yes. to go towards that thing, then you should heavily question why. And that's, yeah. that's why, like we talk, like I like to lean into those uncomfortable situations as uncomfortable as they are. Yes. I think that's where you can grow the most out of anything. So, Have you ever heard the term, if you do the easy things now, life will be hard. If you do the hard things now, yeah. life will be easy. Yeah. 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 What yeah. do those people come up with? It's so crazy how <laughs> people come up with that stuff, but it's so true. And when you hear it, 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 it if it has no tie to what you're doing or no relevance like you you just breeze over it right but when it hits you then you're like oh yeah it's like wisdom from grandparents you know like i don't know it's really weird yeah i guess we'll finish with this (laughs) a time in a time in my life where i reacted this is a good one i hope 
<laughs> I can't wait. I ran with a pretty crazy crowd in high school and college, and my my college buddies um, partied every night except Tuesday and Sunday. I think I've shared that yep. in the past. And uh, they would rage quite a bit, and they would get incredibly intoxicated and make bad decisions. And oftentimes, the their decision making negatively impacted me. They were amazing human beings. I take a bullet from any one of them to this day, but I didn't, I, I ran with them, but I, I didn't drink. It was just not something I chose to do. And they would get drunk and do stuff like throw up in my room. They'd take my clothes out to the nightclubs without asking. They'd do all this stuff. They'd pass out in the living room and just, you know, I don't know. I wake up in the morning, my toothbrush is gone. Like some, some drunk human being did something with my toothbrush, like to the point where like, I don't feel safe putting it in my mouth anymore. Yeah. Like that, that kind of stuff, you know, just stupid college stuff. And one night I just kind of had come to a head with all of it. And I was just frustrated with it. And, and I knew that the, I could never get back at them in a way that would work, but I could do something to their girlfriend and that would really hit the home, you know? Interesting. So, my sweet mate is gone. I don't even know where he is. And things had kind of come to a head that evening. I was really, really frustrated. And I went into his bedroom and his girlfriend was dead asleep in his bed. He had a giant, huge, it's like container isn't even the right word, like a jug of change. Had to have been $500 worth of change. So to get back at him, the poor girl, and I just took this change... <laughs> and dumped it all over his girlfriend up and down from her feet to her head back to her feet back to her head back to her feet back to her head and just completely covered her with his $500 and then I pulled the pillowcase out from under her head and I stuffed the pillowcase with food like that would rot like overnight and I put the pillowcase back on the bed and that was how I wanted to get back at him I was so mad. So she woke up the next morning and all this changed, so confused as to what was going on. And she was really, really upset with me. And he was really upset with me. And I was psyched that he was upset with me because that was the goal. But I felt bad for her. But the only way I could get back to him was to do something to her. So that was a complete reaction. I'll, I'll, I'll work hard never to dump $500 of change on someone while they're sleeping yeah, ever again. I mean, how do you not wake up when there's that much change being dumped on you? She was, she was inebriated. She was oh, inebriated. She was yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That helps yeah. the story. I knew, I knew she wasn't going to wake up. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. That's the kind of stuff that I used to do. Huh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm I'm mortified and embarrassed to share that, but it's also pretty funny. What kind of food was in the pillowcase? So there was. Do you really want to know? Yeah, there was. There was like a. There was like a, a school sponsored like party or picnic earlier that day. So it was like all like lasagna and cookies and like huge catered. <laughs> Some ribs, she had some yeah. pie in there. Huge catered thing <laughs> full oh, of random food that I stuffed in the pillowcase. God, I took some thought. Yeah, That's, <laughs> yeah food. No, that'll it, do. It, it was all reaction. It was all reaction. Huh. Well, another time I was so pissed, I took uh, <sighs> the closet door off my bed and I put it, I took his sheets off and put the the closet door on top of the mattress and then put all the sheets back on. So when he'd go diving into bed, it would be a closet door. 
<laughs> those are comedy. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, so, that's good stuff. Yeah, I got yeah. one story after another from college, but anyway, that was a time when I, I really reacted and I felt bad for her. Like I, I really did, and I, and I, I own it now. <laughs> did you tell her but you I were was sorry? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to put all that change back in that jug would take a lot of energy. Yeah. Oh, man, that's pretty uh, good. Anyway, yeah. Huh, so I, I've, I think that I've progressed since then. God, I would hope so. Further down the maturity continuum. I'm going to hide my man, this... if you ever come in proximity to me. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, good one. Yeah. Hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, Man. that was good. That was a good laugh. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, if anybody listened to the end of it, I guess they get the reward oh, of that, that story. There's yeah. the nugget. Yeah, awesome. Well, for those of you that are out there that may still be listening after hearing about my prideful moments in college and mm-hmm. being frustrated, we really do appreciate your ears. We're incredibly grateful for your time. We want to thank you so very much for your attention. With that said, Schooling Struggle Podcast, we are out. See ya.